Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Life activists marked the 47th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. Despite wintry weather, thousands rallied at Daly Plaza in downtown Chicago and were challenged to become even more engaged in efforts to protect and promote life. The rally before the big March for Life was led by Eric Scheidler, executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. Our theme for this year's march is Life and Powers. Now, this is a wonderful event to come to. It's a wonderful day to stand together for the sanctity of life, to stand up and be a voice for our unborn brothers and sisters. But pro-life is not just something we do on one day. It cannot be something we just do on one day in January or on one day in November when the election comes around. We need to stay up with it all the time. So I want to invite you to stay plugged in. We're expecting some major battles this year. They are trying to tear down our parental notification law. This law has cut abortion in half for minor girls in our state since it was finally enforced in 2013. You want to be plugged in to find out what's going on in this battle to save parental notice, a life-saving law that they're trying to destroy. You know, a lot of my friends from around the country have been condoling over the horrible changes that have happened here. Taxpayer funding, radical expansion of abortion last year, and truly we have a battle on our hands. But we know that Illinois has a pro-life heart. We know that our legislators have ignored the will of the people in passing these bills. Illinois is pro-life no matter what Springfield says and no matter what the media says. Am I right? Illinois is pro-life. And I think it's significant that this Supreme Court ruling that we're observing today, that we're mourning today, Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton, happened in the dead of winter. They could have released that ruling in June, and the March for Life would be in nice warm weather all over the country all the time. But God wanted to show something. He had that ruling, if it was going to happen, come down in the middle of winter so that we could show our commitment year after year after year. We've been out here in the rain. We've been out here when it was minus 10 degrees. Of course, as I mentioned, we are here at this time of year precisely because of that Supreme Court ruling, Roe versus Wade, that was handed down in 1973 and its companion case, Doe versus Bolton, that stripped away from our unborn brothers and sisters their natural right to life. So let us never forget those who have lost their lives to abortion and also the women who have lost their lives to that horrible choice of abortion. Now I'd like to invite Dawn Fitzpatrick from the Archdiocese of Chicago to come up and share a little bit more with us about this year's March theme. Welcome to the March for Life Chicago! It is so wonderful to see so many of you who believe in the sacredness of life and know that life empowers and to be pro-life is also to be pro-woman! This year marks the 100th anniversary of, of women's right to vote enshrined in our Constitution. Thanks to the hard work of the suffrage movement, which began in the late 1800s. The suffragists who led the movement, including Susan B. Anthony, not only fought for a woman's right to vote, 
but also for her equality. They recognize women as created equal to men, but uniquely different with strengths and gifts that only women have to offer. And because of those unique strengths to the suffragists, the original feminists, abortion was an oppression of the strength of women, unconceivable and a crying evil. We are here today to restore the original view of the feminist. We want to show women that they don't need to destroy unborn children to succeed in life. To empower women to choose life is why we're here. Today, you will hear a number of speakers that will share with you inspiring stories of ways to truly empower women. Thank you again for attending to stand up for the sanctity of life and true empowerment of women and for making this our best March for Life Chicago ever. The Reverend Dr. Matthew C. Harrison is president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, leading its nearly 9,000 ordained ministers since 2010. He's a prolific writer with a bachelor's degree from Morningside College, two master's degrees from Concordia Theological Seminary and honorary doctors from Concordia University, Michigan and Concordia Theological Seminary. Enough's enough, 61 million is enough, don't you think? The canards won't hold. If you see a video ultrasound of your child or grandchild even moving in the womb, tell me why another such child genetically distinct from its mother should be denied the right to live, dismembered and thrown in the trash. If we're doing prenatal surgery on a child in one operating theater and dismembering one in the other to throw away, this does not make sense, does it? No. 61 million is enough, don't you think? The canards won't hold. The life movement is diverse. It's not a lockstep group of fanatic automatons. I guarantee you that in this crowd alone, you will find the most diverse views on all current and hot-button issues, political and even religious. If there's one issue which begs to unite us all, it's the issue of equal rights for all, liberty for all, justice for all, and the pursuit of happiness for all. The canards won't hold. Have you had an abortion? You will, not be, you will not find in this group hatred or anger or hostility. Ask the experience of those who are in this very group who have had abortions. There are organizations represented here today who specialize in caring for exactly you. The canards won't hold. This community is more pro-women than any other. Are you facing an unplanned pregnancy? You will find in this community assistance every step of the way. You will find physical help. You'll find housing. You'll find food. You'll find counseling. You'll find adoption services. You'll find services to help you keep the baby if you wish. Slavery was the original sin of this country. It was a denial of the truth enshrined in our founding documents. All men are created equal were certain inalienable rights. These are rights not granted by any government. They are rights given to us by our Creator and only assured by governance. 
The martyr for this truth, Abraham Lincoln, said, my ancient faith teaches me that all men are created equal and that there can be no moral right in connection with one man's making a slave of another. It took 600,000 violent deaths and a century for the nation to begin to come to its senses. It took another century for injustice and persecution and death for the nation to begin to live the truth of its founding. 61 million is enough, isn't it? My ancient faith tells me all men are created equal. My ancient faith tells me all are equally accountable to and valuable to God Almighty. My ancient Christian faith tells me of a God of mercy. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all our sins. My ancient faith tells me that Jesus is the King of second chances. He is the King of hope. And my sanctified reason tells me Springfield, keep passing pro-Gosnell legislation and the body that is buried in a cemetery in town, 20 feet under concrete, of Abe Lincoln will rise up and say, enough's enough! You know, in recent years, the Illinois General Assembly has legalized third trimester abortion, taxpayer funding of abortion, and eliminated protections for babies born alive during abortion. These radical measures come from legislators elected from gerrymandered districts. Have you ever looked up your representative and how crazy your district looks? There are fair maps measures that can change this. We can get a constitutional amendment on the ballot in November to force the General Assembly, to force the state of Illinois to to just throw away these bogus districts and have true representation. If there were true representation in Illinois, these radical measures would not have been passed. Now I'd like to invite Alyssa to come up. Alyssa was a client for Aid for Women, a young woman who was served by them in Show's Life. She's going to share her story. Good afternoon. My name is Alyssa, and my son Andres, who is 18 months old, was born in 2018. <laughs> in 2018, I found myself unexpectedly pregnant and I was feeling alone and overwhelmed about what to do. I was in college pursuing my dream of becoming a teacher. My boyfriend at the time was pressuring me to have an abortion and I was so afraid that if I told my mother, she would not be supportive. I was in denial for a long time. And finally, I decided to search online for help and found Aid for Women. My client advocate, Elaine, and the rest of my staff were wonderful from the start. I was able to see my baby on the ultrasound, and they helped me start prenatal care. I participated in their Earn While You Learn program and support groups, where I learned about pregnancy and parenting. All along the way, Elaine kept assuring me that I would be a good mom and continu continue to pursue my goals. Also, with her support, I told my mother about my pregnancy, and my mother has been my biggest supporter ever since. <laughs> I am in school full time and getting closer to my dream of being a teacher for children with special needs. <laughs> I know it might sound cliche, but having Andres changed my whole world. He has been such an unexpected blessing to me Andres and I are definitely facing many challenges, but I'm so grateful for him and know we will get through them together. 
Being a good mom and helping him achieve his goals and helping him grow up to be a good man is everything to me. I can't imagine what would have happened or where I would be without a woman if they were not there for me in my time of need. Thank you for, so much for letting me share my story. Thank you to all of you for standing for life and supporting mothers and families in need. Thank you. Now we have Alex Lehan, a junior at the University of Illinois majoring in mathematics. She is a student pro-life leader with We Dignify. It's been a rough year for Illinois. This past May, we witnessed our politicians strip the unborn of all dignity when they passed the Reproductive Health Act. The night that abortion became a fundamental right in Illinois, I had a nightmare. I was in Springfield in our governor's office building and it was empty, completely deserted. All of the lights were turned off and I was running around this building, sobbing and pounding on every brown wooden door, looking for our governor so that I could scream at him for his utter disregard and blatant apathy towards babies in the womb. When I woke up, I realized that my nightmare is reality. This is really happening. We live in a state that allows babies to be killed in the womb through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason. We live in a society that allows babies to be destroyed in the name of empowerment, women's rights, and choice. We live in a society that has dehumanized the unborn, saying they aren't people until they've been born, as if personhood is decided only based on size, location, environment, and development, and not based purely on the fact that she is a unique human being and has been since conception. I march today with the understanding that we live in an unjust society and with the determination to see that change. I march today because I understand that abortion does not empower women. Empowerment is not the destruction of motherhood. There is nothing empowering about choosing to destroy the life of your unborn daughter. There is nothing empowering about living in a society who tells women who aren't married, who aren't financially secure, who want a career, who want an education, that the only way that they can have those things is if they kill their daughter. As Alice Paul, a leader of the suffragist movement once said, abortion is the ultimate exploitation of women. On this day, 135 years ago, Alice Paul was born, and she fought to bring a voice to women. 35 years later, she witnessed women gain the right to vote. On this day, we are bringing a voice to the unborn. And we will witness a society where abortion is unthinkable. I dream of a world that welcomes new life with joy. 
I dream of a world that beats apathy with sacrificial love. I dream of a world that empowers women by showing them that they can both fulfill their dreams and raise children. I know that we have the ability to make my dream reality. We can make this happen. Today marks the first March of 2020. Our voices are going to be heard throughout the nation, so be loud. Today we are loud for life. Today we proclaim that the time for abortion is over. Today we march and we will continue marching until we see the dignity of women and the unborn upheld. Thank you, Alex, and we dignify. The rally before the March for Life in Chicago. During the second half of Illinois Family Spotlight, we'll highlight comments made there by Cardinal Blaise Supich, as well as from an abortion survivor. Solid reporting makes a big difference. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with a point. CNN recently trumpeted a new study claiming women who have had an abortion feel more relief than regret as time goes on. In fact, the study found, quote, no evidence of emerging negative emotions or abortion decision regret. Unfortunately, the study's authors weren't looking very hard. According to World Magazine, only 37.5% of the women asked to participate in the study did, which makes sense since women who suffer emotionally post-abortion are least likely to take part in such a study. And the number of women studied represented less than 0.01% of women having abortions every year. World then pointed to other studies that linked abortion to higher rates of anxiety, depression, substance abuse, traumatic symptoms, etc. See, that's why for balanced reporting from a Christian worldview, I turned to World Magazine. For your gift this month to the Colson Center, you can get a one-year subscription to World Magazine for yourself or to gift to a friend. Come to breakpoint.org to find out more. That's breakpoint.org. I'm John Stone Street. During this edition of Illinois Family Spotlight, we're highlighting some of the comments made by speakers at the rally before the March for Life Chicago. Eric Scheidler with the Pro-Life Action League was the MC. Cardinal Blaze Joseph Supich grew up in Omaha, Nebraska with five sisters and three brothers. In 1975, he was ordained to the priesthood, later appointed Bishop of Rapid City, South Dakota, Spokane, Washington, and finally Archbishop of Chicago, He's now the Cardinal of the Roman Catholic uh, Diocese of Chicago by Pope Francis. Cardinal Supich. Good afternoon, everybody. I want to, in a special way, welcome and greet and encourage all the young people who are here today. You give us such more, much more energy and hope for the future. When a child is born into the world, it's a great gift, not just for the child, but for a whole family. A family that sees a legacy carried on and can see in the eyes of that child the future, but also can dream about the many contributions and talents that that child will bring but also a child calls out from each one of us in a family. 
a sense of generosity, to make room in our lives for that child. I say all of this to you today, particularly because in the last couple of months, our family welcomed two new great-grand-nephews. That makes 25 great-grand-nephews and nieces in our family. But has taken for all of us an opportunity to reflect on how a child's life is not just something for themselves, but has an importance for all of us as a family, as a human family, as a society. A child opens for us a better dream about the future as we think about their lives, but also taps within us a sense of sacrifice, of generosity to make room at the table of life. And so today, as we say we are pro-life, we are also pro-women, and so we have to make sure that women have the resources that they need in order to bring that child into the world. We have to make sure they have proper health care, all the social amenities that are helping them to be mothers. Being pro-life means being pro-mother, pro-women. So today I invite you to value the gift of children in your own families so that you can be spurred on to make sure that no child that comes into the world is ever told they're not wanted. We all want children into the world because our lives are enriched by them. But it makes us better human beings when we make room for a child at the table of life. So today, let us make sure that we thank God for the gift of life, the gift of a child, because that child makes us more human. Thank you for being here. Dr. Karen Dean is Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Loyola University Health System. She's the Associate Program Director for the Loyola OB-GYN Residency and Chairman of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Gottlieb Memorial Hospital. She is a proud pro-life OB-GYN with a special interest in menopause and natural family planning. Doctor? What an honor to be able to address this tremendous enthusiastic group. I have been an OBGYN for almost 30 years. I have been blessed to participate in the births of thousands of babies. The miracle of life is awesome. Today, I want to talk about surprises. It is surprising that I was asked, and even more so, that I agreed to address you here today. I'm not by nature a public person, and for much of my career, I believed that my personal views about human life were just that, personal views which needed to be kept separate from my professional life. These past few years, I've noticed that many others in my profession didn't seem to be concerned about maintaining a separation between their personal views and their professional work. In fact, it was very hard not to notice that in the field of OBGYN, many were very comfortable using their professional lives as loudspeakers for their beliefs. 
beliefs that all too often sacrifice life in the womb to mistaken ideas of personal choice and individual autonomy. And so, over the years, I have become more vocal. All of you, thanks. All of you here today are far and away more advanced in your reverence for life than I. While it has taken me a while to add my voice to this group, I do so today with gratitude for those here and hope for the future. I'd like to speak especially to two groups that are here, the young people and all the medical professionals. To the young people, congratulations on seeing the importance of this work at an early age. You are the hope for the future, and I am so impressed with your interest, enthusiasm, and dedication. I spent too many years being overly careful, worrying about what people would think. It took me too long to realize that the importance of this work far outweighed my individual comfort. You are light years ahead, and I am so happy to witness your strength. Thank you for taking on this vital work and resisting the prevailing culture. Use your convictions and your energy to create surprises of your own. Surprise those who think that pro-life views are holdovers of an obsolete morality. To all the medical professionals, the nurses, the doctors, the medical students, the residents, and all that work in hospitals and clinics from all disciplines, science is on our side. <laughs> And who better to understand that than scientists? Life begins at conception. Our collective voice must be heard. There are other voices, powerful voices, which are working hard to eliminate our right of conscience. We alone dictate the actions of our conscience, and we will not be coerced into actions against our beliefs. <laughs> Our right to choose is the right to refuse to perform procedures that destroy human life. Use your presence in the workplace to create surprises of your own. Surprise those who think that valuing life in the womb renders us unfit to work in the medical field. I am privileged and proud to stand with these dynamic leaders and all of you on this important day. Thank you. Next, we have Congressman Dan Lipinski from the 3rd Congressional District of Illinois. Dan is proud native of Illinois, serving his seventh term. He's been in the U.S. House since 2005, representing the southwest side of Chicago, southwest Cook, and northwest Will County. Thank you all for being out here today. I believe we need to protect the most vulnerable. There's no one more vulnerable than a child in the womb. And we need to stand for them. We're fighting in Congress some of the most simple things. There are people out there who want to force taxpayers to pay for abortion. It's a large majority of Americans agree with us that you need to keep the Hyde Amendment. And they're fighting to get rid of that. I'm fighting to make sure we keep it. A child who's born during an abortion 
We are trying to get a bill passed to say you must care for that child. These are all common sense things that large majorities of Americans agree with us on and are with us on. But let's keep fighting, standing up for those who need us to defend them. And through the work that we do, through the rally, the march, we're going to keep going. No one's going to stop us. We are going to change the laws. We are going to change the hearts and minds. And we are going to make this a pro-life nation. So thank you. Patrick McCaskey is a member of the Chicago Bears Board and Bears Senior Director of Special Progress. He's been with the Bears since 1974, but has always been a staunch pro-life advocate and dedicated friend of the pro-life movement. Pat? A reading of prose and poetry that I've written for you. Moses and Jesus were saved as babies. They were later called to save God's people. The massacre of the innocents reminds me of abortion. I am pro-life, and so is my beloved wife, in whom I am well pleased. You may have read about my wife in Proverbs 31. Verses 10 through 31 describe the ideal wife. My mother always found it amusing when someone asked her how much hired help she had. That was probably the reason my father nicknamed her Laughing Girl. She did all the cooking and laundry and housework. The only real time she got a break was when she went into the hospital to have another baby. Our version of family planning is to have the children born during the Chicago Bears off seasons. We have seven victories and four ties. My mother is my hero because she accepts God's grace and mercy and forgives those who trespass against her. She lives the gospel. Mom spelled upside down is wow. Wonderful mother, thank you for life. I'm even grateful when there is strife. Each of my cells has 23 of your chromosomes. How lucky for me. Wonderful mother, here's a poem. We say our prayers in a faith-based home. It's the least we can do, so says my wife. Wonderful mother, thank you for life. Church on Mother's Day is not extreme. We get grace from a being supreme. We give red roses on Mother's Day. Pro-life chases abortion away. Our next speaker, Claire Cowell, met her biological mother in 2009, who told her that her life is a miracle. 
Claire has been affected by all three choices women have when faced with a crisis, unwanted or unplanned pregnancy. She is adopted, she's been affected by abortion, and she is a mother. She will now share how God continues to, cre to create beauty from the unexpected. Please welcome Claire Colwell. Hello, Chicago! I'm excited to be here with you. I like to say that my story went from being unwanted to absolutely wanted. My birth mother placed me for adoption 32 years ago, and when I met her 10 years ago, I found something out that changed my life forever. My birth mother sat me down after I thanked her for choosing life for me and shared that she had had an abortion when she was pregnant with me. She had a dismemberment abortion that they said was successful, that they said that would uh, solve her problem. And yet she went back to the doctor to find out that her abortion had been successful, but that she was still pregnant. My birth mother had been pregnant with twins and I had survived her abortion. I was born at 30 weeks. I weighed three pounds, two ounces. I had a dislocated hip and club feet. I like to say that those are my daily reminders that I am an abortion survivor and that I am a twinless twin. As you can imagine, this is not what I thought I would find out when I met my birth mother. But someone reminded me that this is okay for my life story. Because to look at my face, to look at my humanity, you are literally looking at my twin. You are literally looking at the unborn baby. And so we can humanize that unborn baby. There is a name, there's a face, there's a story with every single child in the womb, with every mother, like my birth mother, and we are here today, I'm excited to be here with you to fight for her, to fight for children like my twin, to fight for women like my birth mother. If you are here today and you have had an abortion, I, I want you to know that I have forgiven my birth mother. There is hope and there is healing after an abortion and men I want you to know that if I were in an unplanned pregnancy and I were scared and I didn't know what I was going to do, it would be you, men, who could change my life because God created you to be leaders and to be protectors of women. So do not, do not be afraid to speak up and to speak truth in love because in love, with love, that is the only way to do it. I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to take what you hear today, what you've been educated on, how you've been empowered today. I want you to take it home into your communities, into your homes, into to your families, to your children, to your pastors, and share what you've learned today and be bold in your stand for life, in your stand for truth now is the time to do it. So many people ask me, Claire, how were you able to forgive your birth mother? 
She tried to abort you not once, but twice, and she successfully took the life of your twin. How could you forgive someone for doing that? And I tell them every single time, it's because I myself have been forgiven, and I know that God forgave my birth mother, and so I should forgive her too. I would encourage you to march, to march for people like me, to march for people like my birth mother, because every single one of us deserves better than what abortion has to offer. We know that today, but don't make this your only time that you stand for truth in 2020. Let this set the pace for how your year will go, for how you will fight for truth. Thank you. Thank you for marching for people just like me. Because of you, there will be more people like me, more people like my daughter, who wouldn't be here if that abortion had successfully taken my life that day. Thank you, because, in, because of you, today, instead of disregarding women like me, you are standing in the gap, you are standing up for my choice, for my right to life. That is what is pro-woman. That is what we're here to do. So thank you so much for having me. God bless. The rally before the March for Life in Chicago. You can view the rally by visiting the IFI YouTube channel. And be sure to stay informed about life issues by visiting IllinoisFamily.org. A reminder, the Speak Out Illinois Pro-Life Conference is Saturday, February 29th at the Drury Lane in Oak Brook. Also, make plans to attend the IFI Worldview Conference Saturday, March 7th at the Village Church of Barrington. Dr. Michael Brown and Dr. Robert Gagnon will challenge us to think biblically about our corrosive culture. For more information and to sign up for these important events, click events at the top of the IllinoisFamily.org homepage. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. And tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.